0: Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus 1, fire. I don't wanna grow up, do I wanna grow up? I don't wanna grow up, do I wanna
1: Welcome to the Toys R Us report. Suckers don't last a minute. Soft
0: and smooth, he ain't with it. Your host, Icy Robots. Alright, greetings Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero, I just sacrifice a little bit to make your life a whole lot better. And this week... It is going to get so much better. we got a really fun show ahead of us. We're going to take a look at a movie I saw called American Sniper. After that, we're going to go and move into the retro toy marketplace where we are going to examine closely one of, if not the greatest playset of all the times, Castle Grayskull. There is a ton more show on top of the things I mentioned. We're going to get a continuation of that story of negative feedback. It's a doozy There has been some power moves made on my part that have affected the outcome. It's a good story with a good ending. You don't want to miss it. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Without you, we got nothing. Toys R Us Report, episode number 19, ready for takeoff. All right, hit it. Yo, ISR,
1: man. I don't understand this, man. Yo, you've got to slow down, man. You're losing them.
0: Radio, suckers never play me.
1: You are listening to the Toys R Us
0: report. I'm hoping you guys remember a couple weeks ago I told a story about some negative feedback that I got on eBay. It was a real downer of a tale. A real sad story about the state of affairs over on eBay. I guess the state of affairs of me and my affairs over on eBay. It has no reflection on eBay itself. But... We're going to have to take another look at it because the story has taken an upswing. Your boy reached out to the dude who gave him a negative and, well, I got him to rescind the negative and, in fact, turn it into a positive. This is such a good one. How did I do it? Is that what you're asking? How did I do it? Well, I reached out. I reached out to him with an email and I killed him with kindness. I told him that even though I feel like maybe you did have a negative experience doing business with me, In no way was this negative experience intentional. If I did not answer the emails, the only reason that I didn't do so was a mistake. It was not done intentionally, and I am very sorry that you left our deal feeling bad about it. And that's the truth. I don't want people to feel bad, and I did not snub him on the diabetic socks intentionally. I think it was mostly a failure of communication on my side and I probably should have gotten back to him. In fact, I might not have. Anyway, I did get a hold of him this time and we had a very nice back and forth and after a little bit of hit and miss and here and there, I offered him a question. I said, hey man, I feel like we're getting off on a good foot here again and I wonder... If you would be willing to go in there and take the negative off. And after a couple days of thinking about it, he decided, in fact, he was willing to do that. And, well, it's gone now. I'm back at 100%. I am, in fact, batting 1,000 again. Better than the great, the great Babe Ruth, who never batted that. He did, in fact, bat 342. Can you believe that? Someone told me on Twitter, the dude batted 342 lifetime. No wonder... No wonder there's a candy bar that's not necessarily named after him, but people think it's named after him, I guess. Dude's the best. And well, I'm batting a thousand again, and I'm happy about that, because really, I want to make some money, but I don't want people feeling, I don't want people having hard feelings toward me, and I'm glad that I was able to fix that situation up. Alright, no longer a tale of woe, it is now a tale of victory. Let's move into the movie review for the week, American Sniper.
1: Yo, ISR, they think we're taking shorts, man. Show them this is called Medina. Come on, kick it. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right?
0: Hey, babe. The doctor says it's a boy. It's a boy! Got a man down. Chris! Baby. Oh, my God. When I recorded that, I did not realize it was the Spanish commercial, but it tickled me pink, so I left it in there for your enjoyment as well. You know, we get to the theater, we find our seats, we got our corn... I don't have a drink. I never buy a drink when I go to the theater. I figure I can tough it out for a couple hours. The worst thing that will happen is I'm going to be thirsty. If I buy the drink, though, the worst thing that will happen is I might have to go to the restroom, and I really don't like to go to the restroom during the movie. Anyhow, we're sitting there watching the movie. Well, the movie hasn't started yet. We're sitting there watching the little videos they play before the movie, And I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be good, so I leaned over and said, this is going to be good, because it's a Clint Eastwood movie, and he has, like, a certain stamp of quality that I always feel like I can count on, and I do not want to talk about the politics of the movie, and I do not want to talk about the veracity of the sniper's claims, because I didn't read the book, I don't know the dude, I don't know anything about it, and... While some of the things in the movie did seem a little over the top, it's a war movie, and I did expect that. The story is of this dude who is like the number one sniper in the history of the armed forces. He is just, he gets dudes from miles away, and he's over in Iraq, and he has a strong bond of brotherhood with his other SEALs. He's a Navy SEAL, and he has a strong bond of brotherhood with his other dudes, and Every time his term of service is up, he gets sent back home, fights with his wife, and then comes back because ultimately he feels as if he has to protect these dudes that he has been working with over there. I think that's one of the things that happens when you're at war. You become very close to the people with you, and when when it's your time to leave, it's almost as if you can't leave. You can't go back to the normal life that you've led because these other people that you know and are very close to are still over there and they're still at risk. That to me is the central theme of the movie, the brotherhood between these dudes and what it does to your your normal life, your real life back here in the states. His conflict is amazing. He goes back and he just he cannot deal with the day-to-day things that go on and I understand this is something that's very common in soldiers and it's very sad. It's very sad to think about these people who are over there and they're doing so much for us and they're doing so much you know they're trying to do good for the world whether they are or are not that's all up to debate and it's not a debate I want to have but they are definitely trying to go over there and make the world a better place please forgive my voice i am fighting a cold right now and it's pretty bad i get maybe one cold every year and it just it kills me and right now i am right in the middle of it but i felt like You guys deserve the Toys R Us report, and it's up to me to deliver what you deserve, much like American Sniper is out there serving and protecting. I must serve you and protect you from boredom. At any rate, let's speak on the movie. The movie is very well made. It's a very well put together movie, as every Clint Eastwood movie is. The scenes are shot well. The action is shot very well. It's very intimate. It feels as if you are right in the middle of the action. Still, though, I don't feel like I can recommend this movie. For whatever reason, it just did not keep my attention. I felt like Bradley Cooper did a very fine job in his role. Like I said, the action was good. The script was good. It was well filmed. But for whatever reason, it could not keep my attention on Focus. I don't know why. Maybe it had something to do with my cold. Maybe it had something to do with Sort of the typicalness of the story, it could be that. It's not a story that you haven't seen of or read about before. I do like war movies, but I feel like that about a lot of war movies. The problem is, you have seen them before. There is there's a storyline going out through the movie where he is he's in conflict with an Iraqi sniper. There's another guy, I believe his name is Muhammad, and he is out there sniping American soldiers and... What he does is he snipes them and he films it and he sells the DVDs on the street, which seems very loathsome, very loathsome. I don't, I do not like that. I mean, even if it was, if it was us doing it to Iraqi soldiers, I would think it was ten times as loathsome as that. Still, it's what's going on and when he finds out, he finds this out while he is at home and it makes him go back because he has to get Muhammad. And they have numerous conflicts throughout the movie before it's finally settled. And I'm sure you can imagine what happened. I'm not going to give any spoilers away by saying that the conflict ends up in the way you would expect it to end. I can't recommend the movie. It's not a bad movie. It is not a bad movie by any stretch. I just feel like you have seen this movie before. You have seen very similar movies to this. And if it were me, and I were going to spend my movie money, I would go see something else. I would go see The Babadook. I would go see... I don't know what I would go see. It's 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 better than Taken 3, which we saw the other week. Definitely better than that. Even though Taken 3 was fun, this is more well-made. This is an Oscar-caliber movie, whereas Taken 3 is just a really fun action film. My cold is getting to me, guys, so I'm going to head out of here. This movie is not theater-recommended. It is home-viewing-recommended, I guess. catching on disc, catching on cable a year from now. You're not really missing all that much, and there are... No real surprises or anything that you don't think is going to be in the movie. ISR home viewing Recommend.
1: Yo, ISR man, you're getting a nervous. We're going to break down. Get ready for the retro marketplace. Okay, I see robots. This is your one chance. Show them what you got. Castle Grayskull by Mattel.
0: I'm thinking that a lot of you guys had Castle Grayskull just like I did. When I would go to other dudes' houses, it seemed like it was always over there. I guess it was a super high, super great selling toy. That does make sense, because even today, Castle Grayskull is one of the legendary toys of all time. When you think He-Man, and people do think He-Man, He-Man is also one of the legendary toys of the time, so it does make sense that the centerpiece set of the collection would also achieve that legendary status. But when you think of toys and you think of He-Man, besides He-Man Skeletor, the first thing and the third thing that comes into your head is very likely to be Castle Grayskull. And I think that that just goes to show the lasting power of Castle Grayskull. The castle had a lot going for it. It was a fun playset with some fun little features, and it had a really money name. Castle Grayskull, even though that's exactly what it was, it was a castle with a skull on it, that is an awesome name. It really sticks in your head, Castle Grayskull. It was cool. I got it for Christmas. I think that... That year, everybody got it for Christmas, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't keep a catalog of other people's Christmas memories, only mine. I do remember that going over to other fools' houses, they would always have it over there. Once I got Castle Grayskull, it really became a central part of my play games. I've always had more G.I. Joes than I did He-Man, so Grayskull became something that the Joes and the Cobra factions were always fighting for. It was like a central focus of the entire G.I. Joe universe. Sometimes Cobra would have it, other times G.I. Joe would have it, but the games I would always play would be the battle for Castle Grayskull. It was an endless, endless conflict. It just went on forever. Many a life was lost defending and trying to conquer Castle Grayskull. I'm curious how you guys did this. When somebody I had in my set would die, I would take them out of action for a while, but I would eventually bring him back. I remember I had like a penalty box like a death penalty box where you would go in and you would stay in there for a while and eventually you would come out. It was a candy tin of some sort, like a metal candy tin. And that was, I guess that was our morgue. They would stay in there until I decided the time was right storyline-wise to reintroduce them. I don't think that I came up with anything like a Lazarus pit that would reincarnate them. I think that it was just after a while you were back and that I, you know, sort of turned my head the other way as far as how you achieved reincarnation, I suppose, It was fun. I remember also one thing. When the Cobras were in charge of Castle Grayskull, Cobra Commander would sit in the throne. The throne was, of course, oversized, but he would sit in the throne all the time. But when the Joes were in charge of the castle, Duke or any of the top guys would not sit in the throne. It just wasn't done. I suppose that's the difference between Cobra and G.I. Joe is that one dude's like, Hey, man, I'm just totally ruling it. I'm up here with this trapdoor throne, you know, just ruling the world, whereas G.I. Joe, nobody felt like, even though they were in charge, nobody felt like they were the ruler. Nobody felt like they were the king, and I guess that is what makes them the good guys. Alrighty, right? Let's move into the next segment where we're going to talk a little more history about the Castle Grayskull, but first, let me dig through my videotape pile here. I got this really fun little hip-hop Masters of the Universe commercial I'm going to pop in. One sec, let me look around here, and away we go. Call it Master Power. Da, 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 da. Some guys got it, some guys do not evans has got it. Gray Skull Castle. But keeping it is a powerful hassle. Skeletor wants the castle too. With jawbridge, lasers, trapdoor. Yeah. Shoot, wouldn't you? Maybe he'll get it. Maybe he won't. It's Master Power. Da, da, da. Some guys got it. Some guys don't. Got it. Castle Gray Skull from the Masters of the Universe Collection. You put it together. Action figures each sold separately. From Mattel. Got it? Okay, let's take a second and delve into the history of Castle Skull for a second. Let's get into the fictional origin of the castle first. Castle Skull at one time was known as the Hall of Wisdom. And it was the center of all science, technology, and learning for the entire planet of Eternia. The Hall of Wisdom was inhabited by a group of elders who all... I suppose that they just... They were in there and they... ...learned things and studied ancient tomes, you know, that that kind of thing. What The kind of thing that elders do when they have time to do things. Anyway, they were inside the Hall of Wisdom one day when they received a prophecy... ...that dark days were soon to fall upon Eternia. So what they did was they took all their combined wisdom, knowledge, and power... ...and combined them into an orb. They took the orb and they hid it deep inside of the Hall of Wisdom before taking their remaining powers and turning the Hall of Wisdom into the scary visage we know now as Castle Greyskull. The Hall of Wisdom sat, it sat unused and undiscovered for many centuries. Now this all took place long before the birth of Prince Adam and any of the characters that we know and love of the modern Eternian time. The castle sat for many centuries, largely unknown to the general Population of Eternia. One dude who did know about it was Man at Arms. My personal favorite, He-Man character, Man at Arms. I've always been one who goes for the second banana. Man at Arms knew all about it, and one day, you know, he came upon this dude, Prince Adam, who he felt he felt that this guy might be somebody who was worth sharing the secrets with. So he took him on a quest. He took him on a quest to find Castle Grayskull, and when he got there. It turned out that Prince Adam was the right guy to bring because he got infused with all the power of Castle Grayskull that turned him into He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Part of his responsibilities as He-Man was to protect Castle Grayskull, and he did have to protect it constantly because, like, Skeletor and Hordak and Merman and all those other dudes were always, always, always on the move trying to get what was inside. They wanted the power of Castle Grayskull for themselves so that... I guess Skeletor wanted it so he could become, like, a He-Man of his own. Like, he could, you know, maybe uh, become Skeletor He-Man. Skeler? I don't even know what you would combine that. If you have any cool ideas for how to combine the names Skeletor and He-Man, send them to me at Twitter. It's Twitter at Robots. That's I S E E. Robots, like I see robots, like I'm looking for them. Let's see some combination. Skeletor he Man's. Skeletor Man? He Skeletor? He Skeleton? I don't know. <laughs> Dudes, I am sorry. Those were all terribly uninspired. Sometimes, I can be really creative. Other times... I feel like I'm just struggling to even have a basic idea as far as to what to wear that day. Let's now take a little dig into some of the specifics of the actual toy itself. Castle Grayskull was released by Mattel in 1982. It is a Wave 1 playset. The castle is split up into two sides, and each side is 19 inches tall and about 14 inches wide, So when you open it up and spread it out, it's about double that. The castle was made in a reverse molding process where the outside is shaped like a castle and the inside looks like the reverse of a castle. So the playset isn't really the most exciting thing in the world when it's open, but it looks really beautiful when you have it closed. The castle has... Four total rooms, two on each side. When you first come in the door, the first room you see is the dungeon. You can tell it's the dungeon because there is a sticker on the floor that shows that there is, like, a series of... Well, there isn't a series. There's a cell. There's a cell sticker stuck on the floor, and you can see, like, tentacles and arms sticking out of it. It's pretty cool. It seems really sad to be buried beneath Castle Skull. That is a rough place to, uh, to serve out time. I imagine... Any prison is tough, and probably, probably prison on Eternia are fairly forward-thinking. They seem like the kind of people who would put some thought into how to rehabilitate you as opposed to simply punishing you, but here at Castle Grayskull you're going into a hole in the ground with a bunch of bars on the top of it. Pretty rough. Directly to the left of the dungeon is the armory. The armory has a weapon rack with six weapons on it. Not all of the weapons on the rack were released as part of the normal Masters of the Universe collection, so it is a little cool to get, like, a different sort of blade or a different sort of club than you've had previously if you're the kind of dude who has tons of different weapons and different dudes because... I don't know, because I guess you can switch it off, and it's not like Manned uh, man-at-arms always has to have his mace with him. You know, maybe sometimes he can use a halberd or a sitamar. I don't know. You can, you decide. It's up to you. Also in the armory is like a training device. It It's reminiscent of a weather vane in that it will spin around, and it has, it has like a protruding arm, and it spins around. I guess the idea is you punch one side... And when it comes back around, it'll hit you in the back unless you are quick enough to move out of the way. Or maybe, maybe you're supposed to hit it and then rotate quickly and hit it back the other way. Kind of going like bing, 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 like kind of pinballing it back and forth. I don't know. I've never seen it in action, so I can't really say with any kind of assurance what it was for. Also in the training room is the elevator. The elevator connects, well, it connects the first floor with the second floor. It also takes up most of the room. It's connected... It's a, it's like a long pipe that goes up and down, and the elevator clicks onto the pipe, and you pull a string, and it goes up. On the end of the string is like a gargoyle or something, if I'm remembering correctly. Directly above the armory is the command center. There's a computer sticker on the wall, but mostly the room is where the elevator comes in. It's really like an elevator reception room more than a command center, per se. We weren't really into the computer era so much yet back in the day, so... They did have a computer, but it wasn't like they set aside a lot of room for He-Man or whoever hangs out there to, you know, do their bulletin boards or their modeming or whatever they were into on Eternia at the time. They were probably a little bit past modeming because, as I recall, they had something like Skype. I think that they were communicating with each other on video screens. Right next to the command center is the crown jewel of Castle Grayskull, the throne room. Inside the throne room, the coolest thing is, of course, the throne but what everybody remembers is when you twist the throne, there is a trapdoor that drops you down into the dungeon. It would be cool if there was some way that you could drop from the dungeon, like right down into that Sarlacc pit that I was mentioning earlier with the bars and the stuff. But that was only a sticker, so I guess that it couldn't really happen. One of my super distinct memories of Castle Skull is that when Cobra was in charge of the fortress and the commander was in the chair, or even sometimes Destro or Major Blood... They all really got a kick out of putting people there and turning their chairs and dropping them down. It was just like the greatest joke ever, as far as Cobra Commander is concerned. I guess he's a little bit like Mr. Burns in that sense. You know, he wants to trapdoor fools down into the basement as well. All right, let's take a look at another Castle Grey Skull commercial before we move into the final segment of the Retro Marketplace where we talk about what it's going to cost you. To reconnect with Castle Grayskull. Here we go, let's take a peek. What do we have here? It's Castle Grayskull. And it's mine. Not so fast, Beastman. He Man! You can pit He Man against Beastman playing for the power of Castle Grayskull. You have to put the castle together. Beastman's escaping. The throne, Dad. How'd you save the castle? Castle Grayskull from the Masters of the Universe collection. He Man and Beast Man each sold separately from Mattel.
1: Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. He won't be sorry for long.
0: All right, we are back from the commercial break. Thanks for sticking with us, and thanks for visiting virtualdirtmall.com. I really appreciate that. All right, let's take a look on eBay, and we're going to see some completed auctions and sales and get, get an idea of what it's going to cost you to get Castle Grayskull back into your life. And honestly, really, it's not going to be very much. I can see a completed one in the box with everything, and it went for 230 bucks. That's not really a lot for a boxed, neat, nice... It looks like it's in very nice shape. It has all the weapons, everything is good, the stickers are with it, and even the box is in great shape. If you want to get one outside the box complete, it's going to cost you maybe 120 bucks, and that includes shipping. It's not that expensive. I think that it was just, there were so many of them out there. Everybody had this. And probably a lot of them have survived until today. Let's take a look and see if we can find one. Okay, here's one. It's 95% complete. Doesn't have the box. Somebody had it up there for $55. $55 with free shipping. And it didn't sell. It did not sell at all. I'm thinking it's going to cost maybe... $15 $15 to get it out to you shipping wise no matter where you are in the states. I'm thinking 15 bucks is going to be high end. That's not including the cost of the shipping material, but I kind of think that's on to the seller to take care of themselves. That they can't really send that one on you in my opinion, but some people will do it otherwise. Let's also look into what the pieces cost. According to what I'm looking at right here, you can get the elevator in case yours is broken. The elevator is going to cost you about 30 bucks. The weapon rack is also about 30 bucks, including all the weapons. A few weeks back, I saw one at the local flea market here in Santa Rosa, and dude wanted like 90 bucks, and it was nowhere near complete. So you're going to see a lot of anomalies when you get away from eBay and out into the real world. All right, kiddos, let's get out of here. I think this is all that you would ever need to know about Castle Grayskull. You know how much it cost. You know uh, what it's all about. And you know... You know my experiences with it because, as we know, my experiences with things are very important to other people. All right, guys, we are going to move into the Toys R Us report itself.
1: Yo, ISR, your man, you got running scared, man. You've made it this far; it's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report.
0: All right, party people in the place to be. I'm glad you guys made it this far. Let's talk about what we saw at the store this week. Hit up the TRU, and man, I am fighting this cold, and I know you've heard me complain about it a thousand times, but I am fighting this cold, and it was no fun walking around, seeing the store, and seeing the empty shelves. They have still not refilled from Christmas. There are no new Star Wars Black, there are no new Marvel Legends, it's all a bunch of the same old things that you've seen a million times before, and I dig it. They can't put out new stuff until they sell the old stuff, but there does get to a point where the old stuff has been out so long that anyone who was going to buy it would have bought it a while ago. Sometimes I wish that I was super duper duper stacked so that I could just buy all these things and force them to put the new Toys out on the shelf, but sadly, that's not the case. I only got as much money as I got, so we're gonna have to watch these things rot on the pegs until well, until they finally put the Captain Marvels and all the other neat new Marvel legends that I am waiting for out there. We did go to the flea market, we actually went to two. My daughter wanted to bring her pal Gary with her to the flea market, so we're like, hey man. Let's hit up both of them, then. So, first, we went through the, uh, Sebastopol flea market. And that's a nice one sometimes, but there wasn't a lot there. It was really, really sparse. I did pick up some cool horror VHS tapes. I started to get back into videotapes. I found a bunch in my garage... And they've got me popping them in. What I like to do is just put them on while I'm doing stuff and see them in the background. I don't really watch them so much. Hold on, I'm, I'm trying to fight off a cough. Uh, I don't watch them so much. It's just nice to have them in the background and it's nice to see them when I wander by. But we went to the flea market and there wasn't a whole lot there. Sebastopol had been on like a winter break. It is, a, uh, it's muddy. The ground, it's dirt ground. It's out in the field. It's a nice flea market, but it's in a field. And when it starts to rain here, it gets muddy. So, generally, they take those weeks of the uh, month off the last few weeks of December into early January. So, this was the first one back, and it might be that a lot of the vendors weren't aware that the flea market was open again because there wasn't a lot of people there. I did find some cool horror movies, and we found some other stuff. But it wasn't the great, greatest flea market of all the times, so we looped back around into town and checked out the Santa Rosa flea market at the Veterans Building. That one was a little better. It's always fun to go with people who don't go to the flea market too much. I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but this was Gary's first time ever going to a flea market in his entire life, which is kind of weird, but... I guess everybody doesn't go as often as I do, but I do think that everybody goes from time to time, so it's a little weird he's never gone. He's, uh, he's 16, so that's a little a little old to be a flea market virgin, I think. He didn't have any money with him, so I kicked him down five bucks just to see what he could make out of it, and he did pretty good. He found two pairs of pants. He got two pairs of camouflage pants for free, and they fit him. So two pairs of pants, two video games, two PlayStation games, I don't remember what they were. And also a Terminator comic book. So, he did pretty good with his, uh, with his little, little, uh, wad of loot. Ah, it's cool to see what different people buy. It's well worth the $5 to have the Baroque go home with a couple pairs of pants. That right there is worth 5 bucks. Camouflage pants aren't cheap. I, maybe they are. I don't know. I've never... I think I had a pair when I was in 6th grade. And I do have a pair of cami shorts that I wear to the gym. But I don't have any pants, I guess. Not that I have anything against camouflage. I do think it's pretty cool. I've always been a fan. I like the old-style camouflage. The, uh, like the jungle fatigues, like the, uh, Vietnam fatigues. I'm not so much into that digital kind of camouflage. I don't know. I guess it's cool, but it's not what I came up with. And you know how it is. You're always still kind of fixated on what you came up with as a youth, right? I don't really remember what I got at the flea market. It must not have been too much. Oh, I know. I bought a couple My Little Ponies. They're not for me. They're for the uh, eBay store. Ponies are great sellers, especially the 82 and 83 G1 ponies. You can tell the difference because they have more of a uh, matte color to to the plastic. The newer ones are shiny. Anyway, that's pretty much going to be it for the show this week. Oh, we have recently partnered up with the boys over at Entertainment Earth. I do buy things at Entertainment Earth. When I'm looking for some new toys... I can't find them at the store. I will pick them up on Entertainment Earth. I haven't done it a million times, but I have done it a few times, and every time I have been satisfied. So what we did was we have a banner. A side, It's not a banner. It's a side thing. What do you call those things? A sidebar. It's on the sidebar. It says Entertainment Earth, and if you click through there, anything you buy, I get a little taste. I'm going to use the money toward the show. I want to increase our hosting ratio and everything. So hop on over there, click through the banner, Get whatever you're going to get. They have everything. They have everything. Get some of the new reactions. I hear that there is going to be an Invisible Predator available soon. Go over there, buy some reaction figures, click through the banner, help us out. We need the help. Not really. We don't need the help, but I would like to someday have the show be able to pay for itself. I think that that is a noble goal, to have the show be a self-sustaining thing. So hop through the banner, Entertainment Earth. Number one toy store on all of the internet. Sorry, Toys R Us. Isn't that a little weird? The Toys R Us report is working with Entertainment Earth. I just think that they got the goods. They have a better selection of stuff than Toys R Us online. Nothing beats going to Toys R Us and looking around the store. Nothing. It's super fun. If you're going to go online and look for toys, Entertainment Earth is probably the place to go. So go over there. Help me out. Have a great week, guys. You know, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for putting up with my horrible voice. If you don't know, now you know. Toys R Us report number 19 signing off. You guys have a good one.
1: Yeah, that's right. This jam is rated Cold Medina, man. That's right, Cold Medina. We're in EFFECT, otherwise known as Effect. Know what I'm saying?
0: This has been an IC Robots Radio production.